the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Was tested positive for COVID-19. Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany insisted that the White House is doing all it can to protect the president. We clean the facility. We social distance. We keep people six feet away from one another. Um, so we've done every single thing that Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci have asked us to do. And employees who work in close proximity to the president and vice president are now being tested daily for the virus instead of once a week. Greg Clugston, Washington. Both China and South Korea reporting new spikes in coronavirus cases, setting off concerns in countries where local outbreaks have been in dramatic decline. The uh, president is keeping a close eye on things from Washington. This is SRN News. Dr. Sebastian Gorka believes we have to face our fears. You can choose to live in fear or you can conquer your fear. That is the challenge ahead of us today, not just as a nation, but as a civilization. You can't stop America getting back to work. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. No Safe Spaces is available for streaming on demand, but only for a limited time and only through us here at Salem Media. So go to am1280thepatriot.com or watch salemmedia.com to stream No Safe Spaces today. Just past 1 o'clock on this Mother's Day Sunday here in the Twin Cities, let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. Mostly cloudy today, we hit a high of 49, and we got Hour 1 Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starting right now on the Patriot. Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Hopefully you are enjoying a... uh, Nice Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there, by the way. And for those of you who are uh, blessed enough to still have your mother with you, hopefully you celebrate her appropriately today. And if you can't listen live because you're busy celebrating mom, well, we certainly understand that. I had an opportunity to uh, chat with my uh, mom yesterday. Well, we call her every day, so uh, she's uh, doing about as well as could uh, uh, could be expected. So we appreciate uh that uh, we're able to uh, to talk to her. Mom's not in the uh, greatest of physical health these days, so obviously the social distancing is still the most prudent thing that we can do because uh, she has some underlying uh, health conditions. But we do talk to her every day and uh, uh, doing about as, as well as can be expected given to some of her health issues. But grateful that uh, she's still with us. Uh, we actually lost our uh, lost my mother-in-law about a year and a half ago, so we haven't celebrated her the past two Mother's Days, but um, grateful for the uh, the uh, mothers that are still in our lives, and I uh, hope you are too. So with that, a lot to get to, as there always is, each and every show. And obviously we're going to talk about some things uh, COVID-related. And then at 1.15, uh, Jason Flores, he, the State Director of Americans for Prosperity uh, Minnesota, will be joining us. Of course, you can listen to Americans for Prosperity Radio every Saturday 
from 4 to 5 p.m. and every Sunday from 11 a.m. until noon right here on this very station, AM 1280, The Patriot. Always some good stuff there as they're just uh, getting into the, uh, well, the uh, freedom and prosperity (laughs) issues concerning uh, Minnesota politics. And speaking of which, uh, rather shocking numbers. Uh, Well, it shouldn't be shocking, but when you actually see them, they are kind of jarring. Where if you remember, typically every December of every year, the Minnesota Department of Revenue comes out with a forecast indicating what they anticipate uh, revenues will look like in proximity to the budget, the previous uh, budget that was passed. And in December, it looked as though Minnesota was in good shape from that standpoint in that they were projected to have a billion and a half dollar surplus, meaning $1.5 billion more revenue coming in than what they were budgeting to uh, send out as far as expenses. You know, and I've always had issues with that, that we have too big of a surplus because it means you're taking well more tax dollars than you need to from the citizenry. But nevertheless, uh, we're constitutionally bound to not deficit spend. So if the state were in a deficit, they would have to figure out how to close that deficit. Well, in just about five months since that projected budget surplus was forecasted, We've gone from a billion and a half dollar surplus to a $2.4 billion budget deficit. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a little alarming, to say the least. And again, it's understandable because you've got a situation where you have a significant unemployment rate. I don't know what the exact unemployment rate is in Minnesota, uh, but unemployment claims have gone up around the nation. I think around the nation, it's 20 million uh, unemployed, which was 14.7%. That was the latest unemployment figures. Minnesota's been hit hard as well. And so when you have people not employed and therefore not paying taxes, plus the fact people are hesitant to buy things because obviously consumer confidence is down because if people don't have a steady income, they're going to be hesitant to spend too much discretionary income what else goes down? Sales taxes. And from what I understand, income taxes and sales taxes make up about 80% of the revenues that are brought into Minnesota. So it stands to reason that you're going to have that dramatic a shift from a surplus to a deficit to the tune of $4 billion because you're just not bringing in as much revenue as you used to. So That I understand, but it's still jarring to see the number. So now the question becomes, what do we do to close that gap? Okay? Now, the DFL, I mean, we've had a DFL governor since uh, Mark Dayton was elected in 2010, so 2011. So close to a decade now, we've had a DFL governor. And whether it was Mark Dayton for two terms or now Governor Tim Walls, they have never been very open to cutting expenses. They like to raise more revenue by increasing taxes. Heck, even when we had projected budget surpluses, they were still all about raising taxes. Well, now that's just not practical. That is horrible politics, and it's horrible policy at this point in time. So what do you do? to close that $4 billion gap. Well, uh, this from a Fox 9 story from this past week. Uh, The state's fortunes have suddenly swung by nearly $4 billion, wiping out a comfortable $1.5 billion surplus that state officials projected in late March. Okay, so they were still projecting that in late March. So that's two months it's taken a $4 billion swing. My goodness. Uh, And replacing it with red ink. Tax collections are plummeting. Because thousands of businesses are closed with stay-at-home orders in effect, nearly 600,000 Minnesotans have filed for unemployment since mid-March. Okay, because I was, I was wondering about that. I knew the national number, but Minnesota, 600,000. Uh, the shock to the U.S. economy from the pandemic is unprecedented in modern post-war history, and the economic outlook is exceptionally uncertain and volatile, state economists said Tuesday. Minnesota economic officials expect a deep plunge this summer and re-recovery in 2021, 
but not a return to pre-pandemic economic levels through at least 2023. Now, here's the thing that has always kind of rankled me a little bit. When we've always talked about belt tightening and, you know, need to close this budget gap, and of course the DFL has always been about raising taxes, never has there been a talk of not only cutting spending, but also government workers being affected. It seems like they're a protected class. I mean, look at any government shutdown that has taken place over, you know, say the past decade. Every time that happens and there's a government shutdown and obviously government workers uh, are temporarily laid off until uh, a budget is passed. And typically it's obviously during a budget year because a budget has to be passed every two years. And if it's not, then government shuts down until one is. So state employees are laid off temporarily. And you always and, and the media in this town always rushes to ascertain the economic damage that ensues from it, specifically businesses downtown, like little cafes and restaurants and whatnot downtown. Oh, boy, with all these all these state workers not working at the Department of Transportation or Department of Revenue or the state office building or the Capitol, all these workers that aren't here, you know, they usually migrate downtown for lunch. That's really going to hurt our business, this government shutdown. And they have these sob stories whenever government is shut down and state workers are out of work. Now, again, Far be it for me to denigrate anybody who's out of work. When you're out of work and you're relying upon an income, all right, it's terrible that you're going without an income. So I am not belittling their plight. I'm doing the exact opposite. It's like, why why is that courtesy never extended when private sector employees are under difficult times and laid off? And these businesses and restaurants in downtown St. Paul, those why aren't those stories being blown up now? I mean, the answer is obvious. It's because the longer this peacetime emergency and, st- and shelter-in-place orders are put in effect by Governor Tim Walls, these businesses suffer. And that is a bad look on a Democrat administration, right? When these restaurants are going out of business, potentially circling the drain. I mean, you've had a couple of high-profile businesses recently in the city of Minneapolis. Uh, you had Murray's uh, Steakhouse. And Jack's Cafe, two long-standing, multi-generational-owned family restaurants that are hanging on by a thread, and they had to go to Facebook, a video to put out a video to get their stories out there because the news media sure as heck wasn't going to visit them. Okay, so my point is, you never—they only take into consideration the economic calamities or media, anyways reports these sob stories on economic calamities when state workers are laid off. And do you, by the way, do you not consider what happens to these restaurants? Say we're in normal times, restaurants are open, but say a downtown business like Ecolab or Travelers Insurance Company, you know, some of the huge businesses uh, downtown, downtown St. Paul. Suppose some of them had mass layoffs or decided to move out of state or close or, or whatever. You think that would affect restaurants and whatnot in town? Yeah. So it's not just when state government employees are laid off does that affect restaurants in downtown St. Paul. It's if private businesses took a hit. But that aspect of it is never looked at. So I say all that to say Governor Walls was then asked if he'll consider laying off state workers. And the governor replied with uh, that he'll put every scenario on the table but that staff salaries represent a small percentage of the overall state budget. If you laid off every single worker we had, which means there's nobody at the health department, nobody at the schools, nobody plowing the roads, you'd save about 7%, Walls told reporters at a news conference. Well, first of all, that's a straw man. No one is suggesting that you lay off every single worker. But if we have to belt tighten, because... I I think it's pretty obvious, and we'll talk to Jason Flores about this next segment, that you're going to have to figure out a way to cut expenses. I mean, this is what families do when all of a sudden income starts becoming a little more scarce. they got to figure out where to cut expenses. Yeah, if there's a possibility where they can pick up extra jobs to bring in an income, they'll certainly do that. But they got to figure out, okay, what can we do without for a short amount of time? So the governor doesn't... It almost sounds like he doesn't even want to entertain it. Well, it's a small amount to begin with. Yeah, but if we if we just get little cuts here and there, 
all right, and then look at other expenditures to maybe cut back on temporarily, uh, that's the only way we're going to be able to close this deficit. Because, again, we're in a situation in the state where constitutionally we're not allowed to deficit spend. And closing a $2.5 billion budget gap is going to be a tall order, to say the least. And, again, Jason Flores, uh, State Director, Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota, will be coming up in the very next segment. So we'll take your phone calls on this. And, uh, you know, with Jason coming up next segment, we'd like to hear from you as well. If you have any questions for him, 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have a Facebook page, by the way, too. Go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Trade Network and give us a like on Facebook. Feel free to leave comments there as well. And uh, we will definitely get to them throughout the show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Dad, look at me. Think back and talk. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com surroundmsp.com connecting you with new customers am 1280 the patriots business benefactor program is back next week for one week only you'll have the opportunity to make a donation to a local charity and get 40 radio ads for your business as our thank you keep listening for details on our business benefactor program Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can watch it now at FamilyWatchNight.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate at FamilyWatchNight.com. That's FamilyWatchNight.com. During these constantly changing times, American Pressure is here for you. From service on your pressure washer to new hoses, guns, wands, and accessories, or complete equipment, we are open for business. One product I want to bring to your attention today that we offer is Vital Oxide. It's a disinfectant with many wonderful government certifications. Give us a call today at 763-521-4442 to find out more. Welcome back. AM twelve eight the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. You know, I didn't intend it this way, but this is kind of an apropos song regarding Minnesota's budget surplus. What goes up must come down, especially in the midst of a COVID pandemic. Don't want to make light of the situation, uh, but I guess if we did laugh, we'd probably cry. Hey, here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And we're going to continue to talk about what the state has to do in order to alleviate this sudden budget crisis, which has obviously been thrust upon us the past couple of months in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. And joining us 
Uh, always an honor to have on the broadcast Jason Flores. He, the state director of the Minnesota chapter for Americans Prosperity. Uh, check out their fine website, uh, americansforprosperity.org. Jason and can also be heard on these very airwaves every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. And the show replayed Sundays, 11 a.m. to noon. It's Americans for Prosperity Radio again right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, Jason Flores, always good to have you on the program, sir. How are you today? Very well. Happy to be here. And uh, let's just get it out of the way. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we certainly... Uh, Extend those uh, best wishes to uh, to your wife, uh, a mom of uh, four kids, uh, and we appreciate her letting you uh, or letting you uh, join the broadcast for uh, a couple of segments. Uh, given that uh, you spend a lot of time on the radio as it is, Jason Flores, uh, we appreciate the extra time you've given us this weekend. So, uh, well, happy, thanks happy for to have it. We're here in between uh, in between brunch and the afternoon snack, so we'll, we're happy to fit in a little more radio. Whoa, you've got that down. Wow, that's as good as it gets. Uh, well, we <laughs> we appreciate the uh, the time, as always, Jason. Uh, as I was alluded to in the first segment and just as we were introducing you, um, it's no surprise, given uh, what's gone on the past couple of months with a lot of, uh, to the tune of 600,000 jobs being lost in the state of Minnesota, and obviously consumer confidence is pretty low, and therefore income taxes aren't coming in as uh, quickly as we'd like, we would have a $4 billion swing from a budget surplus to a budget deficit. And as I alluded to, uh, the state can't deficit spend. They have to close that budget gap. And there's a lot of uh, ways that that could be done. The DFL's favorite way typically is to raise taxes. That is bad at this point in time, bad policy and bad politics. So Jason Flores, what are some of the things that are being bandied about uh, at this particular time? Because obviously this is something uh, that has to be addressed in short order, and the session is only going on for another eight days. It's inevitable we'll probably have a special session. So what are the early discussions that you're hear, heard, that you're hearing in order to close this uh, particular deficit? Well, number one, the first thing that we need to do is to get Minnesota's economy open again. We have proven we can do it safely. Minnesotans stepped up. They responded to the uh, the need to make sure our hospital systems weren't overwhelmed, bend that curve down. But it's come now at an amazing economic cost. And instead of making the changes necessary along the way, uh, the governor and, and many of the administration have just stuck with this one-size-fits-all shutdown that absolutely is a contributing factor to that now massive deficit that we're facing. So every day that goes by that we don't get a little bit more of Minnesota's economy safely reopened and get those workers back to work producing good services and, and consuming as well, the, the deeper this economic pain is going to be. We can do it safely, so that's really job number one. Yeah, I absolutely agree uh, wholeheartedly, and, and obviously the, I think the biggest issue what we're seeing is, is New York's style of uh, shelter-in-place is kind of being applied across the country, and that just, that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense from a practicality standpoint. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, obviously, what the state has to do to close this deficit, and one thing that... Yep. Even when we've had budget surpluses, and we've been very fortunate in the state. I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of surpluses because it means you've taken too much tax dollars from the hardworking uh, Minnesotans as it is. But That's right. uh, certainly, yeah, certainly better than a uh, deficit, to be sure. But that being said, the DFL has always talked about increasing taxes, even in the face of budget surplus. Well, now we have an unquestionable deficit. Who knows when the economy will be back up and running, even if certain businesses get going, people might be more hesitant uh, to make discretionary purchases. So that being said, what are some of the areas that you folks in Americans for Prosperity are looking into that say, hey, it's going to be tough, but we're going to have to tighten the belt. We're going to have to cut back in these certain areas. I mean, certainly there's a lot of bloated bureaucracy. What are some of the things that AFP is certainly looking into, Jason Flores? Well, it's an amazing tactic, isn't it, that there's uh, tax increases. They work both in time of surplus and in a time of deficit. And I just can't see it now adding additional taxes right. on, on the top of uh, families and businesses that are already struggling in the, in the midst of this, uh, this recession. Here's what we've got to do. Families and businesses across the country have responded to the pandemic, responded to this shutdown in, in, in innovative ways. There, there is no business as usual. You know, that's what a lot of folks are saying now. There's just what is, what is new and what's next. The problem with some of those folks in government that always just want those same high-tech solutions is that they don't think that government needs to adjust anything. They don't think that government, like families or businesses, have to adjust to a new normal. They can just keep on doing the same old thing with the same old uh, mediocre results here in Minnesota, and they just need more money to pay for it all the time. 
we've got to change the way that we view government. We've had a decade of expansion here in Minnesota, and that's a good thing. And we set some money aside in a rainy day fund, which a lot of states didn't do, which is also going to help us out. But we, after that decade of expansion, we have increased spending on so many things that are maybe nice things to do, maybe things that government could add a little bit more to, but they're not things that when the, the rubber really meets the road, like in a time like these, that government should be focusing on. So we've got to take a hard look at all of those things that government has expanded into and figure out all right, which of these are essential, which of these are need to have, and which of these maybe we shouldn't have been involved in in the first place. And I'll give you one big, broad example. There's a lot sure. of conversation going into this legislative session about uh, health care in Minnesota and all the health care spending, Medicaid and Minnesota care and all those supports. It's about a third of the entire budget, so it's real money. And we've had headline after headline after auditor's report about money being wasted. And before it was, well, yes. I guess we could do a better job of spending money. Now it's a choice of either we get a handle on this waste, fraud, and abuse within health care, we put some really real accountability measures in place, or you don't have enough money to supply the care that you want to provide to people who need it during this time of transition. Yeah, that's an excellent point, and uh, that is something that I know we browbeat here on this on this show and and on other shows this past summer. The scandal ridden uh, incidents that took place at the Department of Human Services, where it just like you said, real dollars just being wasted through whatever was incompetence or or, or negligence or what have you. And uh, amazingly, that I, I mean, you folks at AFP, that's what you do. You you keep focus upon that those things but amazingly that hasn't garnered nearly the headlines as it used to know i get it we're in the midst of a covid19 pandemic that's going to take precedence in the news i understand that but certainly we can look back and say this is what we're talking about when we're trying to get a handle on this ineptitude with some of these departments in the department of human services the biggest line item on our uh, biennium budget jason floors absolutely you start to have these conversations and immediately i think the other side tries to sometimes demonize that effort by saying you're just looking to to cut you're looking to, to cut what i'm doing is i'm trying to figure out where our taxpayer dollars are going and where they're actually being used effectively because if we're not using them effectively then it's not doing anyone any good whether it's the taxpayer or the person who we want to receive that valuable service so a better job that we do in making sure that government's efficient that government's focusing where it should be that it's doing the job that no other institution and community can do well then the better we're going to be able to provide services and make sure that we have that safety net in place that Minnesotans want to provide, especially for the people that are hurting, you know, in a time like this. So it's not a question of just reducing dollars for the sake of reducing dollars. It's about making sure that in a world of finite resources, we're putting those taxpayer dollars to the areas and to the people where it will impact them the most and help the most. Once again, we're joined by uh, Jason Flores. He, the state director with the Minnesota chapter of Americans for Prosperity. Uh, you can give us a call here, 651-289-4488. Uh, that is the number to call. Jason, we only have a couple minutes this segment. I'll ask you ahead of time, are you able to hang with another segment after this one uh, we, before we go to break in a couple minutes? We'll delay that afternoon Mother's Day dessert a little bit longer just to stick with you. I appreciate that. We do. We only have a couple minutes of segment, so there are a couple issues I want to get into with you before we move on. But uh, I guess I just want to ask specifically about your organization. Obviously, your organization has been big on the uh, uh, group gatherings, uh, informational meetings about what's going on with state government and, and everything else. And obviously, phone banks were a very critical part of the things Americans for Prosperity have been doing. Now in this issue of social distancing and not able to congregate like we would want to, what are, how is your organization adjusted to uh, what we're enduring at this particular time, Jason Flores? Yeah, to tell you the truth, we haven't missed a beat. I mean, we made a big shift to kind of a digital and online world like a lot of other folks did, but there's so many great tools out there. So the conversations, the weekly updates that we have about what's going on at the legislative session, the educational seminars on some of these budget issues and the tax issues, uh, some of the related healthcare issues and, and deregulation, some of those hot topics, you know, at hand that people are talking about in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, we shifted to online and actually, I think, made them even more broadly accessible for folks because Minnesota is still a big state. It was still hard to get around. So we're reaching audiences that we've never, never been able to reach before by really focusing on that uh, digital education and the webinars and the meetings. Uh, but then our, our focus is still, as it's always been, on 
not only talking about these issues, learning more about them, but then doing something about it. You know, if you want to make your voice heard and uh, help get Minnesota back to work safely, uh, you can do that. On our website, it's americansforprosperity.org. Sign up there, click on our action alert, and let the governor and legislators know that you want to help get Minnesota going again and that there's a safe way to do it. We have a variety of other action alerts up on on different issues. I'm I'm sure we'll talk more about those issues uh, in the upcoming segment. Yeah, appreciate it, Jason, and uh, appreciate uh, your flexibility hanging around for another segment. Again, Jason Flores, State Director, Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Back with another segment with the aforementioned Jason Flores on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Has humor and freedom of speech been smothered to the point of no return? From the creators of No Safe Spaces comes the Facebook Live event, Not Allowed to Laugh, Free Speech and the Death of Comedy, hosted by Eric Metaxas, with the stars of No Safe Spaces, Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager, with special guests, comedian Kareth Foster, Wednesday, May 13th, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, a lively hour-long conversation about the state of comedy and free speech today and the challenges of making the movie no safe spaces to be a part of this event please follow no safe spaces on facebook questions for eric dennis and adam can be asked on facebook using hashtag no safe spaces don't miss not allowed to laugh free speech and the death of comedy may 13th 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern on the no safe spaces facebook page a safe space for laughter and free speech Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. I remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366 7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro life pro life across america is non-political and totally educational a baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. I know I'm going to go golfing. That's what I'm going to do when I get out of jail. Well, we can already golf, can't we? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Hey, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Again, check out my blog, bradcarlson.org. And here to take your phone call, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. Join with another segment by Minnesota State Director of Americans for Prosperity, Jason Flores, talking all things COVID pandemic and the impact that it has had on Minnesota's budget, where in just a matter of a couple of months, we've gone from a billion-and-a-half-dollar surplus to a two-and-a-half-billion-dollar deficit. Uh, Jason Flores, one of the things that I saw bandied about a little over a week ago, and it was brought up in the Star Tribune, that House Minority Leader Kurt Doubt has threatened to block the bonding bill unless Governor Wall's uh, emergency powers in. Now, for people who don't know, 
uh, bonding bill that actually requires three-fifths of the members. So that would be 81 House members, which means even if all 75 DLFellers voted for a bonding bill, you would still require six Republicans to sign on in order for it to pass. And Kurt Doubt is using that as leverage to try to uh, get in on get more of a discussion with the legislature on the emergency powers, even though the governor does have this particular uh, executive authority as given to him by the legislature. Well, first of all, Jason, did you agree with uh, uh, Minority Leader Doubt's move on this? And secondly, if maybe you could give people kind of a broad overview of what a bonding bill entails and what this would mean for the state. Uh, if it doesn't go through, yeah. uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the, the move by Minority Leader Doubt, I mean, really did, highlight uh, some of the balance of power issues that, that we're feeling. And I think these emergency powers that the governor is, is holding on to that are that are truthfully failing and how they're being applied now, where we're literally picking winners and losers within the marketplace. And you can be open, but not you. And the large chain companies can be open, you know, because they're somehow essential or they're too big to fail. Uh, but these mom and pop shops on Main Street can't be open. That Just to have that continuing as a power of the governor as we've done the right thing as we've flattened this curve as we've made it less of a public health threat though still serious it's not that overwhelming of a of an entire healthcare system that we were so afraid of for a, for a time there so sure. we've got to start backing off on this kind of command and control heavy-handed role of government in this and i think that's you've already seen minnesota push back a little bit more on that every single day that those orders continue so i think that's going to end by sheer force of Minnesotans' will, not by any, you know, legislative, um, you know, power-sharing agreement related to a bonding bill. Um, but, you know, we talked about what it's going to take to get Minnesota out of this crisis, and we, and we said the number one thing we've got to do is get Minnesota back to work. Uh, the number two thing we've got to do is quit digging the holes deeper. And, you know, we talked that some of these progressives in St. Paul, their uh, solution during a time of surplus is a tax increase, and their solution during a time of deficit is a tax increase. Uh, kind of the same thing with the bonding bill, where going into a legislative session, when we're projecting a surplus, the governor and the House leadership wanted a $2.5 billion bonding bill. Well, now that we've had this pandemic, the economic downturn, all of the pain that's been experienced by families and businesses, they want a $2.5 billion bonding bill. It's just the reason now has changed to, well, we've got to put people back to work. And I think we've got to be very careful about digging the hole deeper as we talk about pulling back on spending that isn't necessary, pulling back on spending that doesn't do, it isn't as effective as, as it should be. It might be nice to do, but not necessary. Many of these projects that are in a massive bonding bill of that size are, are the same thing. Are we really going to spend money on a new amphitheater on a lake in Minneapolis instead of making sure that those resources are going to keeping businesses afloat, getting people back to work, and making sure that families have the health care that they need? I don't think so. We've got to be very careful about spending another massive bonding bill, throwing more borrowed money out there that's just going to make the interest payments bigger and that's going to make that deficit hole even bigger. So, yes, there's projects out there that we should be using a, a bonding bill for. It makes sense to pay for massive infrastructure and road projects over the course of the life of that project, and bonding is a way to finance it. But it can't just be a catch-all silver bullet that's going to somehow manage to save Minnesota from all this unemployment. Along those same lines, you know, we talk about that, look, at this time, I don't know that it's it's necessarily the best idea, as you alluded to, to be spending more money digging ourselves into a deeper hole because well, constitutionally we're not allowed to deficit spend. So it seems like whenever cutting spending is ever broached, the response that you get, particularly from the DFL, is it's these apocalyptic, draconian cuts that you're making to the state budget. Specifically, uh, this was, I believe, uh, broached by uh, Senator Paul Gazelka, the Senate Majority Leader, about how raises for state workers up for de are now up for debate. Uh, basically, there was, uh, I think, about 50,000 state employees that were due to get a raise once a contract is ratified this summer. But if the contract is not ratified, then the raises go by the board. That's certainly not going to close a $2.5 billion deficit. I understand that. But it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's all about belt tightening. And, and they cite these people well. These A lot of these state workers are on the front line of this COVID pandemic, and no one applauds them louder than myself. But at the same time, there are 600,000 Minnesotans that are out of work because of this. So 
is this something that can be realistically put on the table, or are we going to continue to kind of get this hyperbole in response from the other side, Jason Flores? This is what I was talking about before, where government cannot continue to operate as if nothing is happening out there. There are families and businesses that are struggling because of the government's decision to shut down the state and to keep it shut down now, even as we've seen other states begin to loosen up, begin to safely put people back to work. The idea that somehow state government is is a, a part of a side, that it doesn't have to respond in the same way, that it doesn't have to tighten its belt, that there's no way that it could do any, you know, any less work given the resources that it's given. Look, over the course of the last decade, we have increased spending throughout this economic ex- expansion by a factor of one and a half times. So from day one of Governor Dayton's administration until now, we're spending 1.5 times as much money as we were then. Now, you tell me, in all those stories about fraud and health and human services, all the mismanagement of Minster, of the uh, um, Minlar's rollout, all the data-related problems, anything related to state government, you tell me what is operating one and a half times better. And and you you can't come to anything. Nothing is. The government absolutely has to look at those billions of additional dollars that it's added, that it's taken from taxpayers over the course of the last 10 years, and added to state government on lots of nice things, things that certainly you could make an argument that state government could spend a little bit or help out with a little bit. But we've got to get back to the core focus of government, because if we don't, we're, and we don't tighten our belt at the government level from the top all the way down, and don't even get me started on the federal government at this point, but if we don't start getting control of that spending, there's not going to be those those dollars to be spent on the things like the safety net here in Minnesota that for people that really really need it. So that's the that's the choice that the uh, lawmakers in in St. Paul have. They can either get bloated government under control in the areas where it's bloated and ineffective, and focus on providing where the need is the greatest, or it can try to be everything everybody and it can fail across the board yeah and to be fair i don't i don't deny that uh, the governor is entertaining all uh, aspects to uh, closing this this budget deficit including you know, cutting back and some spending but i think the overall point is it's a shame it takes someone something as drastic as say a global pandemic in order to seriously address uh, cutting back uh, hopefully lessons can be gleaned by this going forward once we're, we're free of this but you know, I, uh, I I remain skeptical until until proven otherwise. Uh, Jason, one last thing, and we'll uh, let you get on to your uh, Mother's Day celebration here. Uh, Americans of Prosperity, as you alluded to at the end of the last segment, still uh, as active as ever with their virtual meetings and obviously getting out there on the radio as well as uh, virtual town halls to inform us of everything that's got going on. What do you see that your organization has got going on over the next week? Obviously, the legislature is slated to adjourn on May 18th. What gets done between now and then? Who knows? And then, obviously, they still have to uh, wrangle over this closing this budget deficit, which uh, I would yep. imagine would entail a special session. So what does your next week look like as a result of uh, all that's going on, Jason Flores? Well, we're focusing efforts for the next week on two really big objectives. Number one is to put pressure on the governor to let Minnesota reopen safely. It shouldn't be a matter of businesses having to go to the governor's mansion and and petition on the front steps for special permission from the government in order to be able to reopen. If Costco can do it safely, if Walmart can do it safely, we know that businesses on Main Street can do it safely as well. There's lessons to be learned from across the country and ways to innovate and do business better that we can safely do this. And the time is now. Um, I don't see much hope in the in the state government of, for making any big steps toward this, fixing this budget deficit in the next couple of weeks. Already some ideas about a special session. But we should be careful about not digging that hole deeper. We should do what we can now in terms of hiring and not spending money that maybe is still scheduled you know, to go out, but that hasn't been spent yet. We should be very careful about letting that money go out the door. And then we're going to have to have a bigger conversation about what is the proper role of government in these things. And all of these topics are things that we cover. You check out our website, americansforprosperity.org, or especially if you join us on Facebook, AFP Minnesota on Facebook, or at Prosperity MN on Twitter. We have a variety of different meetings and training sessions and conversations coming up this week. We love folks to be a part of it, uh, learn a little bit more. There's also some pressure to be put on the federal government to make sure that they're not making the situation worse 
by bailing out states like Illinois, New York, California, mm-hmm. that have made these reckless financial decisions for years, and that now our tax dollars are going to go to bail them out for things completely unrelated to this crisis, all because, well, coming from Illinois, never waste a good crisis, right? So it's Indeed. action to be taken on the state and federal level, and if you visit our website, get active with us on social media, you're going to find out a way to make your voice heard and be part of the solution. Once again, we've been joined by Jason Flores. He's the state director for Minnesotans, uh, Americans for Prosperity, the Minnesota division, that is. And again, listen to Americans for Prosperity Radio on these very airways, AM 1280, The Patriot, Saturdays, 4 to 5 p.m., and then the show is replayed Sundays from 11 a.m. till noon. Jason, appreciate the good work you and the folks at AFP Minnesota have got going on. Thanks for coming on for a couple of segments today. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Sunday, Mother's Day, and uh, we'll look forward to calling in again soon. Appreciate it. Sounds good. Happy to help you out anytime. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Me, Brad Carlson, back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on. Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. At American Family Insurance, we know owning a business takes hard work. From long days to long nights, starting your own business is a dream worth pursuing. We're right here in your community and we'll be here for you every step of the way. American Family Insurance is focused on protecting the business you've worked so hard to build so you can keep moving towards what's next. For details, contact Pamela McCarthy, agent at the Pam McCarthy Agency, Inc. Call 651-460-3333. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty the Patriot. What's the matter? Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Thanks as always for tuning in. You know, we were, uh, by the way, thanks again to Jason Flores for joining the broadcast. Uh, a lot of lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we got a couple of segments in, so we appreciate his flexibility. 
on joining us for a second segment. And kudos to the folks at uh, AFP Minnesota. I, I can I can confirm, you know, I, I follow their Facebook page, Americans for Prosperity Minnesota, and I get notified regularly when they're doing an online meeting, which they are doing them regularly during the week, and especially at this particular time, being kind of the watchdog over state government. It's been a valuable resource, so definitely follow them in Americans for Prosperity Minnesota on Facebook. But the fact that they've been able to make that seamless transition during this COVID-19 pandemic is really vital because that's the big concern we all should have when legislative committees are meeting via Zoom. And are you getting the same transparency that you would if they were in a committee hearing, say, down at the Capitol where you can attend them because they're open to the public? And there were some real concerns about about transparency regarding that. And AFP is putting their money where their mouth is, and, and they're getting out there and doing these video conferencing, but when you're in the midst of doing something like this, there's always some adjustments that you have to make to ensure that, okay, you got it. Let's carry on. Like it's a a regular meeting, you know, like it's, uh, we're carrying on like we were in person. I know it's, it's difficult. It's an adjustment, but sometimes we get a little too comfortable. Like when you in a zoom meeting, you know, you can, take yourself off the video and you can mute it uh, for whatever reason. You know, even when I'm hanging out with my friends doing like a Zoom happy hour and I'm going to get another beverage, I turn the video off and put it on mute because, you know, I may forget myself and start, oh, I don't know, uh, belting belting out a song and uh, no one wants to be subjected to me singing over, over the Internet, that's for sure. But uh, I bring this all up. Because kind of a lighthearted moment took place. The Supreme Court of the United States, they were holding oral arguments. Uh, I believe it was, I don't remember what the specific case entailed, but it was uh, Roman Martinez. He is an, was an attorney for American Association of Political Consultants. And how they're doing this is they're having... Oral arguments given, well, first of all, the attorneys for each side gets two uninterrupted minutes to give their opening statement, and then each of the nine justices gets two minutes for questions, if they so desire. So they always know, so they're not talking over each other. Okay, this is Justice Roberts allotted two minutes. This is Justice Sotomayor's allotted two minutes. You know, they just have to adjust on the fly. Well, apparently, uh, there was a audio meeting that was taking place this past Wednesday. And uh, apparently there was someone, they didn't say who, because there were, in addition to the nine justices and the attorneys, there were probably some other bit players um, uh, listening in on this case. It was the, yeah, it was oral arguments for Barr versus American Association of Political Consultants. That was the case for those of you who are into the case law. But apparently, while Roman Martinez was giving his statement, something somebody forgot to hit the mute button. And Jason, if you've got that audio ready, um, I think this just kind of speak, speaks for itself. Again, Supreme Court or arguments from a case from this past Wednesday. I'm going to be saying, hey, call your congressman and uh, change these laws that apply to banks. And what the FCC has said is that when the subject matter of the call ranges to the topic, then the call is transformed. And it's, it's yes. a call that would have been allowed and it's no longer allowed. <laughs> oh, that's the greatest ever. Yeah, you heard that right. Somebody forgot to, must have been listening to the oral arguments on their on their smartphone, decided to bring in the restroom. Ah, no one's going to know. It's not like I'm on video or anything. Yeah, but you got to turn your mute button off. <laughs> that's the greatest ever. And, of course, it's reminiscent of, uh, you know, when we were first, uh, more companies were starting to allow employees to work from home, and people were utilizing Zoom. Uh, Jason, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, that was the one where there was, I don't know, about ten employees for some company, and some young lady went into the restroom and didn't and thought she could watch the proceedings, but she forgot to turn off her video. And yeah, oh you, no, uh, yeah. Have you not seen that? No, I. That's haven't. kind of been that's kind of been the poster child for hey, remember to turn off your video and your mute or, or in your micro and mute your microphone. <laughs> Man, <laughs> going to do something that personal, yeah. And and, all, and some of these employees are like covering their mouths and like, oh my god, you know. And and the young lady, while she was sitting down, realized, oh my gosh, she could see me, and she 
then it turned off the video. Oh. Yeah, she kind of kind of became the poster child for precaution there. So how long was she on video before she actually realized she was still on the video? Oh, probably about five seconds, but oh. you could very plainly see her, yeah, sit down. Yeah, no. I'm not going to get too graphic. No, no, but... this is a family show, please. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, there you have it. That could happen. And apparently it was Justice Sotomayor who had the biggest problem with that. Because, like I say, each of the nine justices get two minutes for questions or statements. And once it was up to her, somebody said, okay, Justice Sotomayor, you're up. Justice Sotomayor, you need to turn off your you need to turn off your mute button, okay? Oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So <laughs> it takes some getting used to. That's that's for sure. But uh, uh, I've actually, you know, I've actually transitioned pretty well on the rare occasions I've had to do a Zoom meeting. I, I like I say, check just when I hang out with my friends. I even remembered to turn off the video and turn off the microphone. And again, these are just friends, and there's nothing. Uh, nefarious that's going to go on while I have the video on when I'm not in the room. I mean, other than a cat maybe getting up and jumping and looking at the camera, but <laughs> that's about it. So, yeah, that's uh, that That was some lighthearted moment. And it's poor Roman Martinez. He's probably, what he thinks, giving this very impassioned and this very straightforward oral argument. Who knows how long he's been practicing trying to get this very cohesive statement across. And then you hear a toilet flush. But you know what? It was most impressive about that. He didn't miss a beat. He just kept talking. I mean, Unfazed. I would have just started. Yeah. I'd have started cracking up. Yeah, no kidding. So, good on him. But uh, yeah, so Barr versus American Association of Political Consultants. Uh, that's the case. If you're interested, I'm not 100 percent familiar with this um, uh, particular case. But uh, if you want to find out the context of it, uh, yeah, so many, so many metaphors there for a toilet flushing during a uh, a legal case. A lot, lot of metaphors to be had, that's for sure. So I guess the overarching lesson here, folks, is if you're going to step away from the computer, always mute it, always turn off the video. Just get in the habit of keeping it off unless, you know, you're actually needing to speak. And, it, you know, it's an adjustment. I understand that. But uh, uh, then you avoid stuff like this. But I, they did not identify who flushed the toilet, and I don't know if anybody knows specifically. Certainly no one has copped to it, but, oh, gosh, that's funny. And it just proves there is no law of diminishing returns on bathroom humor. There just isn't. So that always <laughs> provides a great laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments, AM 12A to the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in a few. Open all the doors and let you out into the Closing time. Turn. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. I come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking relief factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking relief factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, degreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM. 
Let's welcome Jeremy Camp. Hope comes home with I Still Believe. You can watch it now at FamilyWatchNight.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes the uplifting true life story of Christian music megastar Jeremy Camp. I'm supposed to be with her. I can't explain it. I just know that. Jeremy's hope and faith are put to the test when tragedy strikes. You're going to be healed. What if I'm not supposed to be healed? Don't say that. I Still Believe is an incredible story of musical stardom, the heights of love, the depths of loss, and the healing power of the human spirit. One love can change your life. You chose willingly to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. Witness the true story of Christian music star Jeremy Camp and his journey of love and loss that looks to prove there is always hope. Starring K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, Gary Sinise, and Shania Twain. Own I Still Believe on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital now from Lionsgate at Family watchnight.com that's familywatchnight.com am 1280 the patriot